Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. I am very excited for today's guest. We are recording from Kauai. I am here with Deborah Silverman, who is a dear friend, a mentor, and the most badass astrologer I have ever met. I'm so excited for you to hear this interview today. Um, It's been a busy week. We've been filming a lot of content. We've been riding bikes a lot. I finally swam in the water for the first time today. Had a couple of big realizations with work. I've seen a pretty over-the-top, out-of-this-world healer. I mean, you never really know what's going to happen when you spend time with Deborah and Kawhi, but I always say yes, and I always look forward to it. So I'm so happy to have her on today with me. We talk a lot about astrology, how it's changed my life, how she's changed my life, how understanding astrology is changing everyone's lives, really, and how it touches people, how she's created and built such a successful, what I call astrology empire. She has an incredible team. We talk about hiring. We talk about growth. We talk about mistakes. We talk about success. We talk about love. We talk about family. We talk about wisdom balance, truly all of the things. And and she does share uh, an inauthentic and authentic moment as well. I'm so, so, so grateful to have her on the show. I'm so grateful to have her in my life in general. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Deborah Silverman is part astrologer, part psychologist, part comedian, and all real. Over the past 40 years of private practice, Deborah has helped thousands of individuals achieve emotional health and wisdom based on their unique personality and the four elements water, air, earth, and fire. Deborah's approach to understanding people has earned her international fame and admiration. She has published a book called The Missing Element, has an online astrology school, and a platform called the star community for people to learn more about astrology welcome welcome i'm so grateful to be here gemini said to the gemini i know it's like a mirror image (laughs) the biggest thing you've done for me so we've known each other about two years now and we're both gemini's and I didn't even like gemini's i know you keep saying that until i met you because i didn't really like myself, I guess, because in the Gemini sense, like I would say, oh, I'm a Gemini, like it's a negative thing. And now, thanks to you, I love being a Gemini. I love Gem. I honestly love Gemini's. They're my favorite. Well, I probably say that too many times in a week, how many times I love the favorite signs, but I really genuinely, Gemini is the child of the Zodiac and it keeps everybody giggling and smiling. And I don't want to live on a planet that's not giggling and smiling. I know it sounds dippy and it is. So we have a lot of fun. Yes. We're in Hawaii right now together. We're shooting a bunch of content for the star community, which is one of your many babies. You you sort of have created this ecosystem of all that is Deborah Silverman and the star community is one of those platforms and ways you can learn. So we're here shooting content swimming, we're playing, we're biking, PS, electric bikes, <laughs> game changer. Welcome to Gemini. How do we do this fast, easy, and just get on and off? Yeah, you introduced me to electric bikes and I can never go back. It's, 
<laughs> I feel kind of bad. I ruin it. For, I do. I really do. I should have stock in the company. I truly. I've turned so many people on to it. So anyway, needless to say, I'm happy to be talking to you today. And um, you've done a lot for me in knowing you the last two years. And I sort of wanted to start talking about that with just what astrology can do for people. I think before I met you, I knew that my son was in Gemini and that's it. And now... And now I know my whole chart. Your moon is in... Cancer. And you're rising. Aquarius. See, she speaks astrology. Yeah. So you're the best cheerleader and the best advertisement for astrology because it's people like you. And I have so many of these people that didn't really believe in astrology. It's my favorite thing. And when I started my career way young in my 20s, I had a radio show in Vancouver. A normal radio show was a talk show. was in a car driving home at 5 to 6 o'clock at night. It was the number one talk show. It's crazy. And I was on it. And I love that all these people that didn't believe a thing and what they would say to me is that my voice, there was something about my voice that made them believe I was authentic, your word. And then they would come for readings and I watched people walk in the door as a disbeliever and leave saying, you know me better than I do. And I don't know how that just happened. I mean, it's pretty incredible. And I think the the piece that you bring to it, because I had had readings before, but the deep rooted, like you, you talk about it in a way that's like, it's the psychology. It's the psychology that you bring to it. So it actually takes this ancient science that maybe some people call woo woo and like root it in reality. And it's really easy to understand. But more than that, like now I went from only knowing I was a Gemini and not even really liking the things that I knew about being a Gemini to now it's like the first question I ask somebody is like, what's your sign? And it's been so fun for me because you didn't know and watching you watch the videos from the star community and you not having taken the class, I find that so funny, or having a reading from me, no. you've been, grok, what is that, grokking, you've been grokking it. I've been like a sponge. You know what grok means? No. It's a word from stranger in a strange land. Someone takes a concept and they go, they pull it into their head and they get it without knowing how they got it. And that's what I've been watching with you. Like you are absorbing it. And totally. it's an ancient language. It's living inside all of us. Totally. And it's been there since the beginning of time. It's the oldest science on earth, but it got banished. And my job this life is to bring it back in and watch people like you and 70-year-old men who never believed in a thing, and I start talking about their characters. And instead of talking jargon, I have the gift of making it English. So it's making it really practical and funny because I like to make fun of people. It's I know, so funny. Kind of, we laugh so much when we're shooting bad, these But videos. I don't know why I like to make fun of people. <laughs> it's a Gemini. It's a Gemini thing. <laughs> we're just honest. That's the thing. And it's not like I'm being mean, but no. if I can't laugh, I want to go home. Yeah. I like that. I'm yeah. quote that. I'm all I about making sure this place home. is fun because it can be so sad here. Well, it's been great. And so I just think like for me, astrology has like actually changed my life. And I came on board, you know, not knowing a lot about it, but loving you as a person. And now I'm like so invested <laughs> in people understanding astrology the way, I mean, it's changed my relationship with Clay. He's an Aquarius. I understand what that means. He literally lives in the clouds, whereas I'm a Gemini and like I'm right here right now, need to get things done. I'm also 10 minutes ahead or 10 minutes in the past, but I'm not in the clouds. That's the truth. And so it's just my whole relationship has changed with Clay, with my mother, with my dad, a Virgo, my mom, an Aries, my sister, a stubborn Taurus, who I love dearly and is like the gentlest, kindest, slowest, you know, it's just, it's totally changed the way I view the world. Truly. It has in the last two years. And I kind of have an obsession. Like I dream about teaching astrology in my sleep. This is really, I can't figure out 
why it isn't part of the school system. Like to say to a child at a young age, listen, you're a Gemini, you're going to talk a lot and you're going to get in trouble. Guess what? Nothing's wrong with you. Don't be embarrassed about that. And that's basically my practice is compassion even though I make fun of people. My compa- <laughs> it's compassion for the personality type that you are with the slight twisted sarcasm or humor, I'm not sure what to call it, that makes the whole thing endearing. So it's not like you're a Virgo and you're appropriate and Gemini, you're wild and you're bad. It's more like you're a Virgo, you're appropriate, you can get stuck there and you're a Gemini, you're nuts and you can be acceptable there. Right. The one thing I love when you do is the high roads and the low roads. Because that's, I mean, even just recently, I was editing some videos of yours for the progressed moons, and I felt like I was losing my mind the last couple of months because I don't have any earth in my chart, for anyone wondering and knows what that means. I have no earth. Well, I have one planet and earth. That's it. Um, So I basically have no earth. And for the first time in my life, I'm stressing about money. I'm stressing about budgeting, hiring, business, spreadsheets, like all of this stuff that I never really, I'm a visionary. I'm, you know, ideas. And all of a sudden, all of this stuff is happening. And I'm stressed out. I'm stressed about my body. I'm stressed about my eye. I'm stressed about supplements. And I'm watching this video of you talk about the progressed moon. And you were saying on the high road, you're taking care of your body. You're hiring the right people. You're budgeting for the first time. All of this stuff. And I was thinking, that's what I feel like I should be doing right now. And then you go in the low road, you're totally paralyzed by your business. You know, you can't, you don't feel like you can move forward. Your supplements are sitting in the cabinet. You know, you should work out, but you can't. And I literally was like, holy shit, this is me. Checked it out, looked at my chart. Sure enough, my progress moon had just entered Virgo. So it's like a way for me to, for me anyways, before I can heal something, I need to name it. And astrology has given me that. It's Welcome not an ex- to Gemini. It's not an excuse. Like, oh, I'm I'm a Gemini, so I can't be better. No, but no, it's like quite the that's opposite. where that yeah. It's the consciousness. You have a passion why you're doing a podcast is you're so your appetite for consciousness mm-hmm. is insatiable. And what astrology does is it puts words to things. So now you can verbalize what you can't really like you were saying, you're listening to them going, something's funny, but you didn't know. And as soon as you knew, there's the tears and the relief, like, oh my God. There's and the, a way out. <laughs> bingo. And then the and then once there's this is the big word of all my life. I hope on my epitaph it says she was compassionate. Like I definitely understand the human condition from having studied for so long and having the childhood I had. And then I became, and I've always come this way, like, why is it that we don't do what's good for us? Mm. Why is it that people can't open up their hearts? What prevents somebody from being motivated? And then you look at the chart and you go, oh, this is the low road. Here's the high road. And here's the bridge. And that's what all my school's about is helping you get from where people start to where they finish. Like, I love when they say to me, I've lost 50 pounds, or I fell in love with my husband, or I finally got divorced. Why? Because I looked at my chart and I realized, what am I doing? Well, I think that's a perfect transition to sort of talk about the business of it, because obviously we could sit here and talk about astrology astrology for so long, because it really is like, I mean, we spent, I spend hours now with my friends, friends that you've introduced us to talking about astrology. So, and it, it feels like I'm finally in on like some big secret for that I like had been missing out on for so long. So I mean, from doing that radio show that you talked about earlier to now, you have an astrology school that certifies, or that doesn't certify, but trains. How, trains. How many a year 
do you train? Like a thousand people a year can go through the program. So about a thousand people a year come through the program. That's a lot of people that you're training. You have the book, you have the star community, you have all these different sort of modes of spreading the well, good the videos, message. The videos every day that go out. Oh, on YouTube. Yeah, we have, We have, if, if anyone's interested, there's two ways to go. One is you just go, this is the funny part. You go onto YouTube and you put in Deborah Silverman, Gemini, and a They're little five funny. minute video will come up. And that one has like seven or eight million hits. There's five minutes of each sign. But the videos that come out every day that tell you where the moon is has really gotten popular. So people can actually speak the language. And that's yeah. part of my job. So I mean, it's really taken off. And I know a lot of healers and coaches and therapists and all of that that are sort of, you know, where you were at 20, 30 years ago is that's sort of a lot of my world. And so meeting someone like you and seeing how successful this can be. And I know your bigger mission, you said to me in one of our first meetings is, I want people to understand the word progressed moon or um, mercury retrograde like they do downward facing dog. Like I want it to become part of the language. And I, and I feel like that's happening and I feel like you're a huge piece of it. But I wanted to sort of talk about the business side because you've really created this like astrology empire. You have this incredible team. You're reaching millions. I mean, you're Sting's astrologer. Like when did sort of the transition or was it slow? Like, was it a slow and steady sort of what's your, I guess, biggest advice and like really taking something that is your passion that you know you are here to do and turning it into like such a beautiful sort of system. So interesting how people see me, how I appear so big. Empire is the word. Or the other day I was introduced as a famous astrologer because in my experience, and I think this is my success, it's just been very ritualistic. Like Mm. I did readings for many, 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 many years. Maybe it was 35 years. Maybe it was 38 years every single day, five to six days a week. So I would say if you're carrying a vision or you know you've got wisdom or you know you've got a passion that could show up as a passion and you get tired at some point because there's not a return, I never looked for the return. I just mm. couldn't stop doing it because I couldn't believe the accuracy, the joy that it brought me. I'd hang up the phone after a session and it was like I was turned down like a radio. And all the students that I have that are now certified astrologers, because I do certify, in the beginning when they got certified, they'll write me after and they'll say, oh, I just finished another reading because it's... You you get super high from doing something for another person that's so astoundingly accurate and meaningful that they change. Yeah. So what kept me going, and I didn't mean for it to be this successful, although my secret, and many of you probably carry this, is I knew that I wanted to turn people on to falling in love. I, I knew that my desire body, mm-hmm. my heart, was how can I help people reconnect with their, I want to say, this is why I like you so much, with their inner child. Like, Mm. where did they leave behind that youthful innocence that says, I can't wait to get on the bike today. Oh my God, we're going to go to the ocean after? Like, that innocence. And that's what astrology began for so many years. It was simply me following something that I genuinely love to do. Now, there is something to be said about discipline. Yeah, well, I think Which that's the other piece chart, of it. I do. I work really hard, but you work really hard. You have a healthier balance than I do, which I want to get to, and you help me a lot with that. But you work really hard, and you have an incredible team, um, and you are really actually amazing in business. Like, I see the decisions you make. I see the people you surround yourself with. It's sort of like when 
astrology is your life and life is your astro- like it's it's very all encompassing you know you don't turn off thinking about astrology just because it's your business but it's a conscious decision and i think when we do take that thing that purpose that bigger thing and turn it into a business there's a responsibility that we have to actually make it successful and you've managed to do that and I've been able to watch sort of like the past two years like you have the most killer team and I'm so paralyzed right now around hiring and like trusting because you're I see myself in you 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 want to like do everything have the say and everything but you've sort of allowed yourself to step back a little bit. Oh, one of my best gifts is giving power away. Ugh. First of all, as a woman, when you're young, in your 20s and 30s, you claim your power. Mm-hmm. It's so important to have your boundaries and know what your values are. As you get older, what you learn to do is give away your power to those that deserve it. And then I empower people on my team. I have no problem saying, this is all yours, like with you guys, the star community. Totally. Maybe too much so at some point, because I trust my first skill set in drawing people to me, and I do have only women except for Clay <laughs> on my team. There's probably 15 women that are on my team. My my gift is praying, like I ask for the people to come. Like we just hired a new CEO and she's brilliant. And it was a prayer. And so I don't underestimate as a woman, back to the feminine letting myself hold the vision in my mind's eye and in my heart that this team of ours has some core values. So first of all, you get clear your value system and ours is like yours. Communicate, over-communicate, transparency. There'll be no gossiping. We have to be really non-drama. Like get the drama out, own your personal relationship to whatever happened, speak in first person, no blaming. We have a whole you know, setup. So when I know, I can tell when I meet someone and when we're interviewing, of course I use their chart when I interview them. <laughs> of, course, of course I use their chart. Yeah. And if I see something like you, I'd say, uh-oh, she has no earth. She's going to have to have a clay sitting next to her. Like give some, but she's got a husband with a lot lot of earth in his chart. Six planets? Right. Six planets and Capricorn. Yeah. So so I would say, let's hire her. Why? Because Saturn's opposite your sun, which is exactly what I have. It only happens once a year. And it's the indication of someone that has real discipline. Like they can't stand mediocrity. Yeah. So I would know immediately, oh, Krista. So we get put out, when our company is ready to hire someone, we put out an invitation Everyone comes for the, they don't, I don't see them until they get censored through the person on my team who I know has a really big nose, so to speak. They sniff, sniff like that. <laughs> and then once they pass that sniffer, and you know who this is, yeah. then they come to me with the chart and I go, because, you know, I'm not, I, to be perfectly honest, I am not a good judge of character. Yeah. I like everybody. It's a problem. Yeah. I so mean, I know my strengths and my weakness. That's my point. Yeah, I think that that's, and and also I think the big piece too, like I think that's all really helpful, especially because I'm trying to think about hiring. And I, I did, like I was had was talking to somebody and I sent Sarah Poo, one of your gals, um, their chart to look at. And it's like, that's the thing. I don't know how I functioned before astrology. I would rather hire someone based on their chart than on their resume. And that, like I 100%. totally, like it makes so much more sense to me now. It's like the person and that's like, like my whole thing is people and connecting and all of that. But the other piece, you know, one you've trusted, you know, and sort of given the power and I, and I've seen that, like, you know, your team is, is such a team and they own it 
in such an amazing way. I've never come to a group meeting or a team meeting that's like yours, like you've built something amazing, but you also invest a lot in your team. And I know that like you invest a lot of what you make back into your team, back into your business, back into the growth. And was that like absolutely terrifying at first? Because I have a lot of people that I mean, we don't charge astronomical amounts and they're completely scared away by it. And it sucks for me because I can see the potential for them, you know, to be able to invest and be able to actually succeed. But there's this fear around investing to actually creating. And I don't know. Well, you know, you're doing a great job because you're keeping the bar high. You've just got to keep raising it. I think the first thing I want to say, which is not politically correct, is my whole team is women for a reason. Mm. Because the beginning of my career and so much of it, I want you to know this, I made so many mistakes hiring and working for people Mm. because I'd have a man in my business telling me what to do for about 15 minutes until I went, excuse me? And then we'd go into a power struggle. And then I'd be like, wait a minute, I'm the one that owns the company. Oh, wait, do you own the company? And I changed that game plan and did a circle. So in my company now, we play as a team. And they are getting paid well, because that's my intention. When I did the financial promise of entering into this world of business, because by the way, I spent 38 years being a healer and a therapist and an astrologer, and suddenly I was in this realm of business and did not have a business degree at all. So I'd say the first thing you have to really be conscious of is giving yourself permission to say, I don't know. So what I did Mm. is I have three allies in my my world that I talk to every one of two, well, one of whom you know for sure. Every decision I made, I'd throw it by someone who knows business. And I'd say, can I just tell you all this and get this word out? So I did not feel comfortable investing in myself to begin with. And I would tell this person or that person that's, and they'd be like, Deborah, of course you're going to invest. I'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. So I needed the encouragement. So those people, when you get clients that don't want to invest, you say to them, do me a favor, go let first show them the numbers. I'm really big with numbers. I I don't know. You don't have earth, but I love, (laughs) I love seeing numbers for some reason. No, well, my progress moon's in Virgo right now. So I just think like going off of that, um, you know, it's not even that I'm frustrated that they don't want to pay me. It's that I know it's possible for them. And the idea of like, I mean, it's a rough number that I throw around, but like you should be 10 xing you know, what you put into it. And so the more you put into it, hopefully the more that you make. And I, I just had this really successful launch last week and it was so nice because she just trusted me so much and like never questioned the amount. And just the process was so smooth. She made 30 times what she put into it. But if she didn't invest that initial amount, you know, it's just... It's this thing that I think, especially when you're selling yourself, because yes, you're selling astrology, but it's your unique view on astrology. It's your personality. It's your face on everything. Um, it can be hard to like, not be resistant to investing in that. I think it's timing. Like That person you're describing yeah. was had a lot of endorsement, a lot of support. She had created a platform. You can't expect success without effort. I hate to say that. I wish it wasn't true, but it's tried and true. So it took me years to establish my voice, 
to be able to feel really confident. Like in my school, I teach people how to do readings because I have a tried and true system. And I have completely guaranteed that when you sit down, if you learn how to do a reading for me, when you sit down to do it, they're going to be so impressed. I give you all my secrets. Yeah. So, but that took, a, you can't invest in yourself until you've proven to yourself, like I now know, it took me a long time to get here, that I'm really good at what I do. You, I could never have said that before I was, honestly, before I was 50. It's embarrassing to say. So you can't invest in yourself with confidence. And that's what you want. You personally love people that come to you and say, I trust, go for it because you are trustworthy. Right. But if they're not trustworthy inside themselves, they can't hear a thing you're saying. It's so true. So what did it take? The better question is, Deborah, how did you get to be trustworthy inside of myself by making a lot of mistakes? Yeah. I hate to say it. I mean, I'm not going to make this pretty. I embarrassed well, the authentic audience podcast. We get real. On I embarrassed show. myself and my kids watching me, they were like, it, it was embarrassing how I had to learn through making mistakes. And when I finally made the biggest mistake where it was so embarrassing, that's when, and I, I hate, this is how life works. You get so... It's like at the end of that really bad relationship, you will never, ever let someone abuse you again, or you will never, ever be abandoned again. Yeah. You, but, but that's what, for me, anyway, I'm a slow learner. I'm just a fast talker. But So I got to that certain point. I distinctly remember this. I got so taken. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this myself. And that's when I said, show me the numbers. I want to learn about business. And surprise to my surprise, I'm really good at business. Yeah. I would never have known that because I kept on thinking I was this healer and I didn't have the skill set to take my material out to the world. How wrong was I? So it just took me a lot of getting it wrong. And then when I started getting it right and found the right partners, and you, I think you interviewed Destiny yeah, Destiny was on the show. She's like my hero. And her name is Destiny. I have yeah. a meeting with Destiny every death. Monday morning. I love that. Every <laughs> Monday morning, I have a meeting with Destiny. And that entrance of a, be of a being coming in, this is the people that work with you. They have to know if you're working with Krista, you're going to get the high level quality control. And if you don't trust yourself, you don't want to invest then don't call Krista. Right. Well, that's true of destiny. If you don't want to play the big true. game, don't call it, destiny. That's so true. So I had made so many mistakes that when destiny came in and said how much it was, I was like, <laughs> and then I said to myself, self, this is a woman I could trust. And I knew my chart. <laughs> Honestly, I knew the timing yeah. and I was like, we're going to go for this. And we did what's called a skinny launch. I just love that it's called a skinny launch. She actually talked about that on our podcast. And then yeah. in two, in two minutes, I was like, well, the first thing that happened was I had to design the program and I had to create the curriculum. And I had been doing this for, this is the clue and this will happen for you. I had done so many readings over so long that I had this body of information to work from. So when it came time to create the, I can't believe this to this day. When it came time to design my program for the school, the curriculum, I hired this woman who was really expensive, scared the poop out of me, but it came out of me like succinct. Like I know exactly what we need to do because I had been teaching for so long. This is what I want to say to you. Do what you love. And when it gets boring, keep doing it. Mm. don't let yourself become that person that says, I don't want to do it. Like as soon as you get into that whiny, I'm not going to keep, no, you keep going, balancing yourself. And then when I finally got to the point to write the curriculum, I did it once and we've never revised one part of my school. One take queen. One take. I mean, it's so real. It just pours out of you. And I think that's like the thing I love. I love a lot of things about you. I'm like obsessed with you. But when we sit down to shoot, like I've been shooting 
for uh, since I was in high school, college, I've shot thousands and thousands of hours of content. I have never seen somebody. Deborah has no script. <laughs> we sit tell, down and I say, "Tell me about the karma of Gemini or Leo or a progress moon in whatever." And she just it's like she's channeling something. I don't know what happens. It makes me cry, it makes me laugh, and it's just you're in the flow. And I think it's so obvious to see. It's like when Trevor's singing, you know, it's like it's you are tapped in, you are in the flow. It is part of something bigger and it is so your purpose to help teach people that. And somebody asked me a super non-believer was like, I don't understand. Like, what do you get out of astrology? And, and I just said, astrology is one of my tools to God, to love. So, you know, this is so great. You started shooting in high school. I started astrology in high school. This is the clue of of successful people. But what happens is you got to the point where it was really financially scary. And I got to the point where someone, but I didn't stop. So if there's a message that I'd love to give to your audience, it's that you may have something you love. It could be music. It could be poetry. It could be dancing. It could be yoga. Like you're so in love with it. But then you get to the part where it gets a little boring. You're not getting the financial return. You're losing your passion. Why? Because you're getting discouraged. Your discouragement never took you. You kept on going. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I mean, and it does it like as silly as it sounds like I, I don't think marketing is my dharma. You know, I have my talk called marketing or dharma, which is funny, but it's the bringing people to light. It's helping people feel seen. It's sharing their messages, telling stories, all of that stuff. And I just love it so much. Even, you know, two day, I made two landing pages yesterday and I was, it's like that that's when I'm in the flow or when I'm editing your content on a Saturday morning, I get up and do it for like literally for fun because it's my way of like getting into the flow. So it's like doing that thing that you really love. And then, like you said, having discipline to actually turn it into a business and watching the way you do it is it's just something else. Well, it didn't come that way. And I want to speak to all the people out there who don't know what their thing is. Because this is a big... So Have you, an astrology reading. You, exactly. You got <laughs> totally. lucky because you found it so young and yeah. so did I. But if you guys don't know what's calling your name, like you can't figure it out, you have an astrology reading and they're going to remind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you get up on Saturday morning and you do the editing and it's a party. It's party. I mean, not of course, I hit deadlines and shit happens and all of this stuff. And I get very stressed out, of course, because I take it so seriously. But at the end of the day, like I actually, like I truly enjoy But that's what I wanted to say that. So here's the deal. When you're, when I was younger, honestly, you probably don't believe this, but I was just like you. I did not have balance. I was a pure workaholic from a very young age. I had a drive. And even though I was a a freelancer, so like a yoga teacher, I had to wait for people to come to me. I didn't have a business as an astrologer where they were all standing at the door. I would fly into a city and I'd have a manager who knew a lot of people. I gave away countless free readings because I had to establish my credibility and the quality of balance only came when I was, when I had a child and I Mm. realized that I could no longer put, I was so driven. I was such a type A. And then I had a child and that was the beginning of me going, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What matters the most? Oh, that little person. That came before my business. That was like crazy. Right. That was the beginning of me realizing, well, you got to do diapers and you got to cook. Well, then you got to do the dishes and then you got to do diapers again. Then you got to cook. You got to do, oh, we're going to change our whole value system here. It's called playing house. And there is a high road in spirituality called householding. 
And when you take on a child, and this will be part of it, I can't wait. <laughs> We've um, been talking about me and Nick Clay having I babies a lot. I can't wait. This, and I, all of the millennials that I seem to play fairy godmother to, yeah. there is nothing more evolving to get balance in your life than being a mom. Because once you start taking care of another and you lose yourself, which will happen to every mother out there, you realize, uh-oh, if I'm going to turn into the deprived mother who's complaining and this is going to ruin my whole house. So you have to start taking care. So I remember saying, because I had two stepkids, so I had three kids. I remember saying, uh-oh, mean mom's coming. I'm going to go swimming. And I'll be right back. Can you take care of the I knew exactly. And that's where I learned it. Like mm. I had to do my practice to bring myself back so I could come back in the house and do the dishes, do the diapers, do the, otherwise I would lose myself. It's funny that you like transitioned into that because it's like, it's just, it's so, you're like in my head. Yeah, I was literally going to go into the balance thing and that conversation right now because in addition to, you know, watching you, you, you've changed my life with astrology, period. You've changed my life in watching you in business and how you trust me and how we communicate. And it's really easy and fun to communicate to you. I don't even feel like we've ever had a what you like to call bumps because it's just so easy to communicate together. So that is just the way you sort of... I don't know, hold space. And like you said earlier, have compassion is I'm never, you're intimidating, but I'm not afraid to be honest and to tell you what's going on. But the biggest piece is the self-care. When we first spent more than a day together, you're super disciplined in business, but you're equally as disciplined in your self-care routines. And to, I haven't known you very long, so when you told me, oh, it took me a long while to find this, I felt better because I don't have it right now. And I literally look forward to coming to be with you because I know, oh my God, we'll get a break because you're so like rigid about taking the bike ride, taking the swim. Drinking and so, the moringa first drinking thing in the morning. The, exactly. And so I think, you know, you said the other day we were talking about success and you said your secret to success was your playtime. Said the Gemini to the Gemini. I, I think what I realized, and this helped me because I had the privilege of working with Sting and he has Saturn similar, super disciplined, super disciplined, but his indulgence was moderate. Like you would think a rock star. How right. does someone balance? And he's also double Libra. But I got to be with him and watch how he made sure there was the fun factor. It was spiced. So he'd work, you can only imagine, a concert right. with hundreds of thousands of people. Then he would come back. We would go for a walk. We would sit. Like he taught me, as I hope I'm teaching others, you have to find the fun factor. Now, everyone's is different. For Gemini's, we have to get... We have a lot in common, so... Yeah, to get in the water. <laughs> we have a and, lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we have to go for a bike ride, and then we have to put on some music, and then we have to make a really nice dinner, or somebody's got to make the dinner, and then we don't mind if we have to do the dishes. But there's got to be some routine, and that's one thing I would say to your audience, is there's something about ritual that is understated in our society. So whether it's eating the same thing every morning, whether it's burning the same incense, whether it's listening to Trevor Hall's music, which I do like a broken record, whether it's um, knowing what your favorite city is to go to and where you find your, and going back to it, novelty is overrated. There's something to be said about consistency and predictability and routine. And once that's in place, and you can, even though it gets a little boring, because I do yoga, listen, I have done yoga. If I'm not swimming every day, I'm doing yoga or I'm going for a bike ride. And it's been going on. I was a dancer when I was young. That was my original degree. So my, was I. Really? Yeah. Ooh. I grew up dancing my whole life. Me 
too. How did I we went not, to university and I my my degree was in dance. That's so funny. Oh God, here oh we go. My God, Gemini, Gemini, Gemini. <laughs> so so the dancer in me, that's crazy. I had no idea. And that's fine. We'll talk about this yeah. after. The dancer in me found out very young you had to do all the pot of berets, you gotta do the turns, you gotta do every day. The class was like, oh my God, this is so boring. But then I realized, oh, if I'm really good at technique, if I stay true to this and I'm consistent, mm-hmm. then when the music comes on, I can dance. But nothing works in this life, and no one wants to talk about this. This is Capricorn. No one wants to talk about how important it is to be consistent and disciplined and repetitive even when it gets boring. Now, how do you do that? You and I have a similar trait. It's called my belief in spirit Mm -hmm. is so intense. I cannot come to this planet and not have a purpose. I can't do it. I, I could not fulfill my purpose here without being devoted to that which created me. How would I dare not honor that which created those stars? So our inherent similarity at the deepest level yeah. is we both worship. And, yeah. and so what is worship? It's ritual, it's practice, it's incense, it's music. It's pra- it's, and that can be at one hand boring, but on the other hand, liberating when you know everything comes back to your devotion. I love that. I didn't even think about it that my way. Well, because my spiritual practices, I have those rituals, but for some reason, until honestly, until I spent that couple of days with you the first time we hung out, I wasn't giving myself permission um, because I see you and I look up to you in business and just in life as a person, as a human, way beyond the business. But to see, wow, okay, she's this successful, she has a team, she has a successful company, and she still takes time out to swim and to do her prayers in the morning and to go for the bike rides and, like, enjoy life. Like, you really, like, what's uh, Emery's dad calls it, suck the marrow. Have you heard that? No, but I love it. Yeah, like just sucking the marrow and and, and you really embody that. And it's just, it's taught me a lot. And I think, you know, I have the age... Uh, the age range of the listeners of this show is super varied. I have, you know, all ages, but I think you, and it's funny you call the Gemini the inner child because I didn't realize that that's what it was, but that's what it brings out when I'm around you is like the playfulness. Like we're serious, we get work done, but it's like, how fast can we get this done? Said the Gemini, so we can play. And how well can we get this done? Yeah. Oh, we're not cutting corners by any means. Well, that's the point. So you work hard, you play hard. That's what I learned from Sting. You work hard, you play hard and you stay awake. And that's one of your assets. One of your strengths is you're so perky. You know, some people fall asleep in the middle of the movie. No. Yes, they do. They just suddenly get, I mean, and this is people listening to this, like you're spaced out. What are you doing right now listening to the show? What are you doing instead of just sitting here listening? How attentive do you do your meditation? Do you know how to make eye contact? Mm. Do you know how to enjoy that orange and suck the mirror out of the orange? <laughs> like, but most of us, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Somewhere we became oversaturated or overstimulated and it was too hard to stay on task, which is devotion. Everything I do in this life, it's come to this now at the sweet age of 60,000 years old, is I'm on my knees. I, I, I can't believe the privilege of being alive at this moment in history, I call it her story, in this moment of her story, where suddenly 
We are on a microphone stuck in our face. We are in the middle of a computer inside somebody's ears. And I'm discovering, I'm, I'm disclosing my deepest secrets of the code that I figured out how to do success. When did that, when did ever did this happen before? That's so funny. No one had things stuck in their ears. Yeah. No but elder was talking to someone half my age no. and saying to you, here's the thing I wish somebody would have told me. Go ahead, make mistakes. Get it wrong. I'm not kidding. If you don't have ritual, it's okay. Start tomorrow. Tomorrow, you're going to make a decision that you'll wake up in the morning and you're going to do your smoothie. And then you're going to do a prayer and you're going to put on some music. I think Trevor Hall's the answer to all questions. Then you're going to... Then <laughs> I, I mean, you Clay, know would, that. Clay would agree with you. <laughs> I do. I listen to him every day. Then, then you're going to say to your partner, I'm so thankful for you. And if there's something wrong, you're going to check in. Like tonight, I'm going off on my date night to say, what do we have to update? Like I am... Mm-hmm. But that wasn't how I... We'll have a date night too. Like not with us. Night. No. <laughs> oh my God. Our own. <laughs> no, just kidding. But the point of that story was that there was never a time before in his story that elders could speak to millennials and that there was respect enough to say, I don't care how old you are. I see you're an old soul. Maybe I've been here before. Maybe not as far mm. as our age difference. Like you look at Trevor Hall. Why do I listen to him every day? Because he's from he's India. A thousand years he lets old. me go straight home yeah. through his voice and his words. And suddenly I'm in a chanting session that sounds like reggae. I'm like, ooh, I like this little twist here. Yeah. So let it be known that this is the time For the first time ever, there's this many people here. Never before in the history of this planet have we had this population, ever. There's more people here than ever before. There's more opportunity than ever before to see if you can stay awake under this much stimulus. It's so true. And it's funny that you bring that up because you, I, um, like you are such a young, not a young soul, but a young spirit. I don't know the word for it, but you can keep up in a way that, you know, not a lot of people can. And a lot of your friends are millennials. Like you surround yourself and granted, I, I think they're mostly awake and they know what's happening and they know they're alive and they understand astrology, but you do like, it's like hanging out with a friend when I'm with you. But just so you know, what? I have a group of elders. I know that are my but age. But you have that I relax. Well, you more guys, millennials I do. than I, I know that you're like friends. Do you know with? why? Why? Because I wished I had someone. Yeah, that could have. Sh- it makes me want to cry. I if somebody would have been there to have said to me, "Let me tell you about business," I'm going to cry. It would have made such a difference in my life yeah. to have had someone say, <laughs> "Poop." <laughs> Now I'm crying. And and that's why I tell you, like, please don't lose your balance. Yeah. Don't, don't you once for once think that business is all that matters here. And don't you ever underestimate being a mother or taking care of your children. Why didn't anyone tell me that? I don't know. But I'm but, telling, I'm like, so I collect millennials and I cry with them and I laugh with them. And I'm like, and I sit them down. We've got someone, you know, staying here. And I said to her, listen, I'm going to give you some instructions. Like Sarah Poo, like, this is what you do. No one told me. Yeah. No one said to me, when you borrow someone's car, you make sure you put the gas in when you're done. And when you stay in someone's house, you make it look better than when you got there. And you don't tell them you're going to do it. You just do it. Wow, that made me so popular when I finally figured it out when I was young. Like, go to someone's house, do the dishes when they're not <laughs> totally. looking, and then, oh, so these are little small. I don't know if that's, I think that might be like a more Gemini thing too, like to be more proactive. Like, we were talking about this earlier, like the visionary versus the implementer. Like, so many people just need to be told what to do. But I think, but if you tell them, if you, if I say to her, then they'll do it. 
do the dishes and you're yeah. going to make a new friend. Yeah. Make sure you rake the flowers. Somebody do it. And then yeah. I'm in heaven. Yeah. So when you know, just think about this, all of you listening, who's the person that's your world that's an elder that you respect? Could be a mom, could be a grandma, could be a neighbor that you just want to go do something for because you're so thankful you're standing on their shoulders. You're standing on my shoulders. I stood on the shoulders of people before me, but they just didn't talk to me. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't, that's how I feel about you. Like I said to Clay, like the other day we got back, you and I got back from the morning routine and I was like, I'm just so grateful to be in her presence and to like have her in my life, sharing these things, teaching me these things, because, you know, the, in the book, um, women who run with the wolves, there's a section about, um, mothers and these people that sort of come into your life and they take on this role of like, you know, then you get a lot of them and I've had, I've had a lot of them, but I just love our relationship. And I think, you know, even Emery and I, we'll like be saying something to each other and it will be stressful and we'll say, well, what'd Deb say? You know, <laughs> like, so you know, like, did we talk to, does Deb know about this situation yet? What does she say to do? And it really, like, we really do look to you and in all, in all aspects of life. So I was excited to have you on because I think more people need to listen to you and hear what you have to say. And you're doing, I saw you at this event in the battery even, and it was just the, the level of skepticism turned like firm believer in like an hour session, just listening to you talk. I mean, Clay was crying during it. Clay, Mr. Skeptic is a full on believer in astrology beyond believer. It's a fact to him. It's not like whether he believes it. It's like astrology is a fact of life. And he like understands himself and the world and his family and all of these things so much more, but just seeing the impact you have on people. Yes. From an astrology point of view, but just in general, I just, I feel very grateful. I feel so grateful to be seen by you. I do see you. It makes the whole thing meaningful. Yeah. If without the continuation of us handing to the children and then to the elders this really deep love, we will not be able to survive. And it worries me. Yeah, it is funny, like how in Nepal or India, you know, the elders are just really worshipped in a way that I think maybe, I mean, even I met a friend of mine's grandfather a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know what, if it's like our parents or our family that we have a hard time with because of ego and baggage and stuff you like think? that. But <laughs> I connected with him in a way that he hadn't connected with any of his grandkids. And I lost my grandfather. So I've never had that connection with someone, but I was thinking if my grandfathers were still alive, would I have that? Like you know? Larry last night. Totally. Oh my God. Because the wisdom body becomes very comfortable once you don't care. So you care so much. All of these millennials, all of you listening, everyone cares too much. It sounds funny, but once you lighten up the not caring about what doesn't matter and you care about the connection and the wisdom body of saying the one funny one, listen, what matters the most here? making sure you're in love, whether it's with yourself, it's with another, it's with the dog. If you're not in love, you have to go home. Yeah. I'm sorry to say that. But if you're, if you're not in love, if your heart's not open, if your grandfather, if you can't look into your grandpa's eyes and go, oh, or the dog is such a great example. Yeah. I love that. You've got, we have to always ask ourselves, is my heart open? When did it shut down? What do I do to dethaw? How do I get myself back in the game? If you're not in relationship and you've given up, please don't stop. If you're in relationship and it's gone quiet and kind of numb, don't start. Don't let that be the norm. You've got to yeah. open. So I ask all of you listening, what's the nature of my heart? Like, am I in love with fill in the blank? Right. 
That felt good. That did feel good. I love love. I'm such a suck. I knew, I knew you were going to say love. I love love so much. I'm such a... Oh. I know. It's so good. I mean, that's my whole thing is like I'm here to love and see people and love them. <laughs> and you're really good. And you should watch Krista. When you like someone... See, I would trust your lie detector... Yeah. You meet people. Oh yeah. If I don't, I don't love everyone. That's the thing. I fall in love a lot, but not with everyone. But when you're in, you're in, like you're stuck with me for the rest uh-huh, of your uh-huh. life. So you're stuck with me. Yes. <laughs> Did you hear that folks? Um, She's not going away. No, I'm not. Uh, so I end every episode with the same two questions, which you told me not to tell you in advance, which I find very charming. Um, so the sa- the questions are, I would like you to share an inauthentic moment and an authentic moment. Um, usually it's in relationship to business. So maybe an inauthentic decision or something that happened and how that maybe something that didn't feel right for you. Um, I got it. All right. I figured you would have it. So embarrassing. Well, this was part of that big turning point. Mm -hmm. Someone offered me, this is so crazy. It was a moment in time where I got captured by the alluring invitation. Come to Las Vegas and I will provide for you an entire office of an advertising firm where you can create your business in any shape you want. I was like, Las Vegas. Like, I am the most <laughs> embodied. I don't like to get in a car. I hate plastic. I'm barefoot all the time. I do everything I can to touch things. You, I don't know if you've been to Las Vegas. It's air conditioning everywhere you go. You, everything is plastic. I can't imagine you thriving Okay, well, there. guess what? That was the inauthenticity thing. So yeah. because I got captured by the allure of what the potential was in my business, in the name of my cause, I stepped over my genuine value system. I was like, Hmm. wait a minute. So every month for almost a year, Sarah Poo was around during this. I went to it Las. Was that recent? I'm not going to talk about this. It's embarrassing. Oh, I didn't Anyways, know I that. went to Las Vegas where it was so inauthentic yeah. that finally it blew up. Of course it did. Of course it blew because up. you can't sustain it. But it was a definite teaching. I'm very grateful for what I learned. I would not change it one bit. It was a stepping stone because it was so professional for the quality of my professional life. Except that I never told myself the truth till I got slapped. Right. Ooh. But it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good the whole time. But I pretend, that's my point. I was inauthentic. But you were pretending. And I was doing it in the name of ambition. Right. And it really did serve in the long run, but I wasn't even honest enough with, like I remember him, this person saying, would you go get a Las Vegas driver's license? And I was like, but I'm from Colorado. I live in Boulder. I'm a Colorado. And he was like, for tax reasons. And I was like, uh, and I didn't do it, thank God. But I almost made my drive. I almost yeah. became a-, a Las Vegas resident. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't realize that was that recent. It actually makes me. Um, it's just nice to know that, like, it's not. It's not always easy, and it's not always authentic because you're such an authentic, genuine person that it's hard to understand. But I make these same decisions or mistakes. I've made three in the last three years. And I'm like, not over it, not because I don't forgive them, but because I can't forgive myself for trusting it or for, you know, I knowing that it didn't feel right or whatever it is. And it's just, it's so hard. So I like that one. And my final question is, if you have a moment of authenticity that maybe wasn't like an easy decision, but you know you were like staying authentic or an authentic decision you made that just really... Changed my life? I got got it. Yeah. So here I was, it's such a crazy story, giving a reading, my first reading to Sting, an like a normal reading, which was really 
good, I guess, as far as readings go. He went to the bathroom and all, I don't know what possessed me, but he came back in and I said, can we change seats? You're going to be Deborah and I'm going to be Sting and you're going to ask me, I've never done this before or after. And then we changed chairs. He put my little glasses on. He looked at the computer, pretended he was me. And he started asking me questions as though he was Deborah and I had the answers to Sting. And that conversation was so potent. I knew things. My psychic thing clicked in. I started talking about things that there was no way I could know. And at the end, he called me at the end of that show. It was our first encounter of meeting. And he said, Deborah, that was the most interesting conversation I've had in years. What do we do next? And I was like, I need to meet your wife. Wow. And it was because I don't know what possessed me to, to do what I always did. I right. did do the normal reading, but for some reason I thought this would be really, to this moment, I'm like, did I really literally sit in his seat in his dressing room with the Moroccan and the incense and the right. candles? And, and I did to switch seats. And we switched seats. I just, but that's so you, that's so authentically you. And I, I actually really do resonate with that because I, a lot of my clients are very successful, famous, whatever you want to call it, including you. Um, but to me, we're always, and I felt this way. And, you know, right when I left college, I went straight to LA and my first um, boss was an Oscar winning, you know, actor and I was just surrounded by that and there was no point where I, and there still is no point where I don't feel like I deserve to be in the room, you know, like it's human to human and I get that you're successful and you inspire me and all of that stuff, but there's never like a, I've never felt like less than the person that I'm sitting across from, no matter how successful or big. And I, and you have that too. And it allows us to say things and be honest about things. And it's quite shocking for people because they're not used to it. And I think it's part of our, our charm, but it's actually authentic. If that makes sense. It's the essence of authenticity is that we've leveled the playing field. Totally, We're sitting as two equals. And I know when I think back to that, I wish I could rewind the tape and watch it. (laughs) And then in watching his face and me saying things, I mean, I guess my psychic antennas were in full bloom. I said things that I could never have known. And that's what turned him into it. Like, uh, that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've seen you do readings. It's mind-blowing. So on that note, um, we've been talking for almost an hour, and it's time for us to go yes, play. Yes, two little Geminis with a microphone in front of them. But uh, just to finish, um, this comes out next week, so your school Oh, that's so cool. Is I'd opening. like to use this for our audience, yes, too, so it please. such a good interview, Krista, as you always do be able to get people to cry. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> so please give us the spiel on the school. Yeah, it's just simple. There's twice a year we have a school, and it's a six-week class that last one hour and a half once a week where you get in a group of 10 women, there's a mentor and they study your chart. So it's a deep dive into you and you had better take this class. And then, (laughs) and then once you take the six week class, I am now a drug dealer and now you're addicted and then you can't help but come back for more. So it's just twice a year. It's level one. It's called applied astrology. You can go to my website and, uh, Deborah Silverman astrology, all three words, D-E-B-R-A, Deborah Silverman Astrology. I'll put it all in the show notes. Yeah. But it's only, the cart's opening quite soon. Yeah, um, it's open from August, like I want to say 15th to 29th. Great. And then it opens again in January. Awesome. She also has a platform called The Star Community, which has actually changed my life. And now I I do the content and marketing for that program. And it's it's literally all I've done in the last two years is watch every single piece of content because I make it that goes out and I've 
it's like changed my life and I'm so excited for level one now, but like, I feel like I'm a part of the conversation because when you and destiny and Emery and everyone's talking, I'm like, what's happening. But now I feel like I'm a part of the club and all it's been is watching the star community videos. It's kind of amazing. They're really hilarious. You also have a book called the missing element, which is so good. Um, yes. And you can get me, I will send you a signed copy with your chart in it. If you get it from my website where sting endorses the book, it's so cute. There's a little interview by sting, but yeah, there's a book, there's a star community and there's a school. It's a whole thing. So anyway, thanks for being oh, here. Oh, did I really cry in the middle of this? It's okay. I, you do this all the time people to people. Cry. Many people cry. Because I mean, you know I why? cry. I cry. Because you have a grand trying to water and you didn't, I didn't even, even know. know. You don't even know what it means. It me. Do you know what it means? A grand trying to water? I know that it Come means on. three signs are in water at the same degree. Bingo. So very good. Three planets. Not signs. All three water. planets. Right. Are all in water signs. Yours is a little bit wide, but because I like you so much, I'm going to give it to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. I'm so grateful. This is becoming my favorite part of my life is recording this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Well, and until next time, keep growing. Aloha. Aloha.